200% year over year growth would mean you're doing, you know, you're doing about 170 grand a month last year, about a 2 million, two and a half million run rate last year. Yeah, that's about, well, a bit more than that. Yeah, okay, we're growing fair. a bit more than 200%, but yeah. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks. My guest today is Barb Hyman. She's uh, been working in her career in career executive HR roles. She realized that companies weren't able to unlock the true potential of their people simply because they didn't have bias-free insight on everyone's strengths. She's now trying to solve this via human learning and machine learning at SAPIA, sapia.ai. Barb, you ready to take us to the top? I am. So excited to be here. Thank you so much, Nathan. All right. Well, anytime anyone mentions AI or machine learning, I always just cut right to it and go, what's your total team size and how many engineers? <laughs> I think the big question is how many data scientists we have. Or data I think scientists. There's a lot of talk yeah. about what is AI. And one quick check that I suggest to businesses is go out on LinkedIn and see whether there are any data scientists. If there are not, then there's not really AI going on. It's That's right. So where, where um, are you guys? So we are headquartered in Australia. We have an amazing... Uh, team, which we call Phi Labs, who are really our innovation machine. They're a group of PhDs in machine learning and AI. They're uh, full-time or consultants? No, no, no. It's all full-time. We only have okay. uh, full-time. We're about 54 people. We've been product-led from the beginning because you need to be when you're building technology that's used to support human decision-making. So we have engineers, machine learning engineers. Everything we do is proprietary, so we don't use any open source algorithms or products, um, we effectively are a fully vertically integrated machine learning system that has built a capability to understand you, Nathan, from a short conversation. Mm -hmm. So it's really new science. It's something that IBM tried to do with Watson for a couple of decades but couldn't because they didn't have the data. Um, And even though Google has 10,000 PhDs working in NLP, they can't do it either because they don't have the data. So there are some elements that we've got that are pretty unique. And that's what's really fueled our, you know, capability and our continued innovation. I want to give you some time to defend that because most people listening are going to wait. How does this lady I'm just hearing on Nathan's show have more data than Google? So defend that a little bit. How have you gotten unique data that Google doesn't have? Yeah. So there's a lot of discussion around, you know, do you actually need to have large data sets in order to create, you know, impressive and accurate predictive models? You don't because you need to look at the context in which you're using it. So what we are is we've scaled the science of a structured interview. So if you think Google and Amazon, for instance, they take you through these laborious interview processes that are very rigorous where you're being asked the same questions and you're all measured against the same rubric. In their case, it's the leadership principles. Now, you can use humans to do that, which they can afford to do because they're, you know, a well-resourced organisation, but most can't. How do you actually maintain that level of rigor but remove all the human bias by using technology? That's what we're doing by chat. The data that we have that's first party and proprietary data is the responses to those structured interviews. That's now at about 800 million words. It'll be at a billion words fairly soon. And that is our... Across how many interviews? 800 million words, how many candidates? About 1.8 million interviews. Okay, got it. Over what period of time? Um, Across 47 countries and around about three years. years So it took us 18 months to build a product. You can't just hire engineers and suddenly have a machine learning product. You actually need to capture the data, do the research, 
um, most importantly, do the bias testing. And, you know, we started with what we call machine learning models where you take um, a hired signal. Like if you think about what Amazon did wrong all those years ago in 2018, that they took CV data and they tried to build a predictive model of that. The issues are, firstly, when you're hiring off your incumbents, you risk amplifying existing biases. And secondly, when you're using CV data, you're very likely to amplify existing biases. We don't do that. The data set we're using is clean. It is just words. It doesn't have any demographics. It doesn't even have the question in it. And that's what makes this a purer way to understand people and use AI in a safe way for people decision-making. Okay, Barb, I understand the product. This is great. What are companies paying on average per month or per year to use your technology? Yes. So we have um, typically multi-year annual contracts. We're not a monthly subscription because we're enterprise-focused. You know, we work with uh, businesses that have big pain, which are normally mean that they're big. So we're not at the point where a mid-market or a small business can use us, right? It's so just like $50,000, $100,000 ACVs or what would you say the average yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, it's around about 100 to 150. We might have significantly higher than that, but, um, you know, somewhere around about 100 would be typical. Okay. Do you have any customers that are by themselves paying you more than a million per year? No. Can you get there quick in the next year or two? Um, look, there are different ways to drive revenue depth. You know, you can build more product um, to get there. But, you know, right now for us, we're about, we have a number of really large customers that are pretty close to that. And part of why we're coming into the US, we've got, you know, a handful of customers here, Ericsson, Air Canada, North America, obviously, we've just won a couple of others. Um, and our ambition is to obviously take the incredible product market fit in Australia. We work with most of the trusted consumer brands there, Qantas Group. Woolworths Group, Bunnings, you know, anyone who's on the ASX is uh, aware of us, if not using us. We want to bring that to the US market. So our focus is to be really, really focused. Mm -hmm. And we see growth coming from expansion, you know, continuing to deliver this value in our technology to customers like the ones that we've been serving well in the UK and Australia, rather than start to build out new product. Um, How many total customers today? We have around 50 enterprise customers at the moment across Australia the US and the EU. Got it. Interesting. And so how many, I guess, do you upsell against number of interviews? Is that the right metric? Yeah, typically the pricing is based on hiring. So you're really aligned in terms of, you know, performance, if you like. You're not charging based on applicants. You're charging based on the number of hires. And when you think about the difference, right? So if you're using an agency, I don't know what it's like in the US, but in Australia, you know, you might be paying 1500 2000 per hire for an RPO, you know, you're paying 20 bucks for hire with our technology. So the cost savings are it's more expensive than that. I mean, recruiters in the States, you're paying 20, 30% of first year salary. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So it's so massively based disrupting off- to that, to that sector and the RPO sector. Mm-hmm. So you're charging based off number of, of completed hires. I guess, so how many completed hires, successful placements did you have last year? Uh, about 80,000. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And how do you, how do you make sure track attribution on those? Can can people go outside of sort of your system or do you know every time your system lands to a hired candidate? So when we integrate, we're because we're enterprise, we normally are delivered through the system. So a Workday or a SuccessFactors or, a, you know, a bit, an HRIS. And when you do the integration, you're obviously feeding in data, which is not just us pushing data to you in terms of here's the score, here's the profile, but actually we're getting data back. So we have a closed data loop, which gives us further you know, um, opportunity to retrain our models, which we do for our large customers. Mm-hmm. So you get to higher and higher accuracy over time. 
And so last year, 80,000. What about monthly? Last month, how many total hires? Um, I didn't track it on a monthly basis because ah, we've okay. got quite a lot of cyclical. You know, if you think about retail, you might have 20,000 in one month, yeah. like our largest. What do you think you'll do this year? In terms of hires? Yeah. This year, um, I'd say it would be close to 200,000. Wow. Across how many total interviews done? So, so we can get a placement rate. Yeah. It's normally about 2%, 3% yield. So wow. uh, we expect, yeah, we, we, we're, we're likely to get to three, 4 million um, interviews this year. Well, that would be, I mean, 200,000 against three, 4 million would be higher than 3% placement, right? Uh, I mean, that's yeah. like six, seven, eight percent Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, for some, for the really high volume players, it's a very small number in terms of placement. Um, for when we work with tech companies, obviously it's higher. But yep. typically, if you're, if, you know, if you're seeing that you're hiring less than 10% of your applicant pool, it makes perfect sense for you to be using technology to give you leverage in that automation process. Of course, of course. This is okay. What a great story. So um, we, we understand the product, we understand some of your customers. Put this on a timeline though for us. When do you launch the company? So we launched the company uh, in 2018 is when I started. But as I said, we had to build the product and get to product market fit. That took us a good 18 months. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have basically had 200% plus growth year on year since then. Um, we're, you know, currently in the US. I'm here in Seattle right now um, and have been in San Fran just meeting with VCs and getting to know that market because our business has really been funded. I've put in my own money. You know, I've put in half a million dollars. Because I'm a huge Barb, is that a lot for you? Are you super rich from a past exit? Or is that a lot of or is that a lot of money for you? I'm just you a regular person. I'm a regular person. So that was all your savings, your hard-earned savings. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. If you have to yeah. make this work. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a that was the second mortgage, right? Yep. It's not uh, money that's sitting in the bank. Yep. And then we've had um some amazing, really high net worth people um in Australia that have, you know, funded my vision and really backed me and believed in me. You know, some when of was that really seed round, pre-seed round? Um, so end of last year, uh, okay. we had um, some investors coming in. And so what we want is to now figure out who do we want to partner with? You know, I really want a partner and a set of partners that can help us grow in the US. So we're, we're you know, doing the rounds of VCs over here. Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products. That's plural forward slash valuations. Again, both plural founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations. How much did you raise in the pre-seed last year? I'm not a privy to disclose that. Oh, okay. You don't yeah. want to share that? No, no. But okay. it's, uh, I, what I would say is that we're unbelievably capital efficient. So our return- I know, that's what I'm saying. Why wouldn't you want to brag about that? It was uh, a six-month payback, which for an enterprise business is pretty impressive. We won't have that for this year. It might be more like a 12-month. Um, but you know, that's just information I'd pr- prefer to keep private. Okay, fair enough. Um, let's jump into some of the, the team today. So you said 54 full-time. How many engineers? 
We have 16 engineers um, based in Australia, and then we have another three PhDs and we have two ML engineers. Okay. And you mentioned you're in the States right now, trying to meet VCs, find the right partner and raise. Do you have a target in mind in terms of what you're trying to raise? Um, Look, I'd say between 10 to 15 US, you know, we want to um, uh, really, you know, we've got a team of seven salespeople. We were pre-marketing until December. So, you know, as I said, we've been incredibly focused on the product and the product is not just what the engineers do, it's what sits underneath in terms of the NLP and the bias testing and the bias governance and model cards and all that kind of good stuff. You know, that's been a key part of building out the product as well as the IO component that goes into our assessment. Um, so what we want is to, you know, build a sales team here that's bigger than three, which is what it is right now, and start to invest a bit in the brand marketing side. We've just rebranded, uh, which is exciting, and we need to put a bit of money behind that. So, you know, between 10 to 15. Mm-hmm. And Barbie we're not, mentioned- we're, not, we're not in any urgency because we've got runway until the middle of next year. So for me, it's about, you know, really taking the time to find the right partner. And, um, and um, you know, obviously for me, I'm very focused on building the story about, you know, our impact here to to share what we've achieved for our customers elsewhere. And 50 customers at the average ACV you shared earlier, about 110,000 per year would put you today at about a $6 million run rate. Is that generally accurate? I'd say that's about right. Yeah. Okay. And 200% year over year growth would mean you're doing, you you know, you're doing about 170 grand a month last year, about a 2 million, two and a half million run rate last year. Yeah, that's about, well, a bit more than that. Yeah. Okay. A bit more than 200%, but yeah. Fair. Very cool. Well, this is great. I mean, this is this is very. Ca- I mean, look, I don't know what you raised in your pre-seed round, but I'm I'm guessing it was less than your current ARR. And anytime I see that ratio, it's a fantastic ratio and very capital efficient. So, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's been uh, hard work. Why go give up that? I and mean, you go do a ten million dollar raise. You have a three person, five person board now. You've got board meetings. You give up control. There's, you know, you sure that's a step you definitely want to take. Look, I mean, I, I think um, I'll probably end up moving to the US, but there's a lot that we don't know about this market. There's not a lot of localization we need to do in the product, which is great in because fundamentally people are people and our ability to understand different languages is really strong now with the data set that we have. Um, but for me, it's getting advisors, getting experts to help us who've been there before. So that's why having a VC partner who's been a founder um, who's figured out go to market? Who's found ways to cut through the noise? It's a very noisy market. HR tech like that—that's kind of gold. I'd feel really privileged if I could find people like that to help us out. So it's you know it's an exchange of uh, uh, that 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 obviously needs to deliver in terms of accelerated growth. But that would be my motivation. Jazz HR, you know, PE backed K1, iSIMS, PE backed Vista. There's a lot of MA happening in this space, and you are the perfect target because there's not VCs that they have to negotiate with and give the yeah. VCs 100x control. Someone might yeah. think they could buy you for 20x and get a good deal. Are you yeah. in the US talking to any acquirers? I get asked about that a lot, but I, I just feel we're on the very early stage of our journey in terms of what we can do with this capability. It is world changing. Like we are basically raising the collective self-awareness of humanity with our tech because it helps you learn about yourself and your strengths and where you can go with your career. And like, I just think, wow, imagine what you could do with that. So I'm not ready to kind of sell out. You know, I yeah. feel that there's still a lot of my vision to bring to life through through the product development. I mean, speaking though of, wow, imagine what you could do with that 60 million all cash up front would be a nice offer. Yeah, I'm not in the market for sales, for, for, for selling, really, honestly. Yeah. I just, uh, that's the right answer. You're giving all the right answers. I just yeah. don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm there, serious. Like, I, I'm at a I mean, look, everyone has a number, right? Everyone has a right? number. 
Yeah, but, you know, for me, this is like the best job I've ever had. I've had amazing jobs, but it's so creative. You get to work with incredible people and every day I'm learning, you know, and I'm surrounded by people who are smarter than me. And like, why would I want to bring that to an end? You know, guys, there you heard it. You're seeing it here on YouTube on iTunes. If you read in the press in like a week, say Barb sells to iTunes for a hundred million all cash up front. You know where to find her. Comment (laughs) below. (laughs) <laughs> no, Barb, this is a great story. I guess last question before we wrap up, you know, net dollar retention is really key when it comes to SaaS valuations, which is key for your next raise and, you know, minimizing dilution. It sounds like you have pretty healthy net dollar retention, right? Above 110, 120%. We've had no churn, no direction. Okay. We have deals with RPOs who are like agency partners and they've been kicked out and we've, you know, had to go along with them. But our renewal rate is uh, from our direct customers is 100%. We've had customers who have been with us for three years. Um, it's incredibly sticky. You know, well, when what we about expansion? The, so, so are they growing? The product expansion, yeah. So the product expansion, well, we are the full stack of assessment, if you like, if you're thinking about recruitment. So in terms of expansion, we need to build more product in order to get more expansion. Because well, when you can upsell the on number of hires, right? Same product, but more hires. Yeah, but different kind of hiring requirements. So if you think about when you're hiring for white collar, there are other things that matter other than just your capabilities, so your technical skills matter. And so then you're one part of a piece, right? So right now we just want to stay focused where we are 100% of the stack when it comes to hiring for a particular customer and just more and more of those, you know. So we have the ability to go and expand and, you know, that's certainly happened in some, but we're focused more on revenue growth through taking the existing formula, which is where we own the entire assessment stack for a large volume player and and rinse and repeat again and again. So, you know, Home Depot, Walmart, HEB, you know, um, Albertsons, uh, Net, you know, all those kind of players here. ESOP's just about to go live in the US. Yeah, but Barb, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. We're just short on time, just to be clear. HEB, if they hire 1,000 people through your platform last year, and this year they hire 1,200, they should be paying you more. There's 200 extra hires, but you're saying they don't. You don't drive expansion that way. Oh, no, no, that that definitely plays into it. Absolutely. That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm asking. So what's the expansion revenue from more usage over the past 12 months? Is it 120, 130% on average? Yeah, it's been about 20%. Been about 20%, yeah. Perfect. net dollar retention. If you have no churn, then it would be about 120%, which is really healthy. Yeah. Very cool. All right. This is great. Anything I missed you want to touch on before we wrap up? No, just um, great to connect and um, look forward to, you know, anyone who wants to contact me, you can find me on Twitter, Barb Hyman one, uh, or, um, you know, find me on LinkedIn. We'd love to hear what you think. All right, Barb, famous. Don't don't come with any offers. I'm not selling. (laughs) (laughs) Famous five here. Let's wrap up. Number one, last book you read. Uh, so I'm reading the book now, Founder Brand, which I'm absolutely loving. And so uh, that's partly why I'm driven towards going back onto Twitter, which I got off. I was just on LinkedIn. So I'm loving that book. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, Sachin Idella for me is inspiring because one person with a different set of attributes can fundamentally transform a culture. And that's what he's done. Microsoft, LinkedIn, LinkedIn recruiter, M&A deal, uh, who knows? Number three, LinkedIn what's your favorite? the natural owner of our technology. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building uh, the company besides your own? Look, I'm a bit obsessed with Loom. Yep. Yeah. I, I, you know, in a global team and the ability to connect at a human level, I have become a bit obsessed with Loom. Yeah. All right. Number it. four, as you chug your Starbucks, like me, uh, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Five to six is a good night. 
All right, I'm not, fair I'm enough. Not, I'm not great. I'm always on. And Barb, what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos? I have three kids, older kids, and I have a beautiful partner who has no kids and a dog, so it works really well. And we live separately. Oh, amazing. Which works I love better. that. That's incredible. Okay, and do you mind me asking how old you are? I'm 52. Oh, my God. You look amazing for 52. Last <laughs> question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Um, I wish I knew that I was so frigging good at sales <laughs> because I would have gone into sales and made a lot more money than where I am right now. Guys, so, there you have yeah. it. Uh, Sapia.ai, redefining what it means to do an interview to hire recruits, to diversify and do it at scale. They processed, caught last year, uh, over one, oh, sorry, total over the last three years, 1.8 million interviews. Last year, 200,000, or sorry, this year, 200,000 total hires projected from 3 million interviews. These are the HBs of the world using the platform. They've just passed, caught $6 million run rate, going over 200% year over year, looking at raising right now to really put fuel on the fire, maybe a 10, 15 million round. We'll see what Barb ends up deciding. But Barb, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks so much, Nathan. Thanks for having me.